0: But the four points is, regeneration is, and we're going to talk about what it is, and I kind of already have, but we'll maybe get a little deeper. Uh, Point two, Jesus, the breath of life. Uh, And then three, the snake in the high places, a state of righteousness. And four, regeneration is revival. And anyway, so that's the four points that we'll be making today, but... Now there was a man, and again, John chapter 3, 1 through 15, and I'm reading out of the ESV. But now there was a man of the Pharisees named Nicodemus, a ruler of the Jews. This man came to Jesus by night and said to him, Rabbi, we know that you are a teacher come from God. For no one can do these things, these signs that you do, unless God is with him. Again, uh, we can see Nicodemus is searching and Nicodemus was a Pharisee and he should have understood the things of God, but, but they weren't clear to him. And so he went to Jesus at night, meaning that he hadn't totally gave in to Jesus, but he was curious because he couldn't deny the power that was moving through Jesus. Jesus. Verse 2, this man came to Jesus by night and said to him, Rabbi, we know that you are a teacher come from God, for no one can do these signs that you do unless God is with him. Jesus answered him, truly, truly, I say to you, unless one is born again, and that's where I'm getting the regeneration, he cannot see the kingdom of God. Nicodemus said to him, how can a man be born when he is old? Can he enter a second time in his mother's womb and be born? And, Moses lift, uh, and as Moses lifted up the serpent in the wilderness, so must be the Son of Man be lifted up, that, what, that whoever believes in him may have eternal life. So we can see Nicodemus was searching and looking for this uh, regeneration, if you will. But so many times we get like Nicodemus, we like to argue with the word, we like to argue with the Lord uh, when we know better, when we can see it right in the scripture, But we like to argue and we like to battle the Lord a little bit sometimes. And we see Nicodemus was struggling with that. And we see Jesus trying to move him past that. But he finally said to Nicodemus, and said, you want to know the great things of God, but yet you don't even accept these little things. And and the Lord's speaking that to me today. So many of us want to know the full package when we don't even accept the little things. And so today, as we talk about regeneration, let's not be like the Pharisee Nicodemus and question God. I'm not saying it's wrong to go and ask questions, but to argue and and completely uh, fight and, and go against what the word is saying, Jesus Christ. That was extra today. But point one, regeneration is a recreating of the spiritual life in the human heart. And we see this and we read Romans 12 too, all the time. Do not be confirmed to this world, but be transformed by the re- renewing of your mind that by the testimony you may discern what is the will of God, what is good and acceptable and perfect to God. So we're not arg- arguing. We are, are accepting this spiritual life. We're accepting the things of Jesus and salvation. That's part of regeneration. Regeneration is necessary because... Prior to Christ, we were inherent natural sinners who are spiritually dead and incompatible of obeying or pleasing God. In other words, we were born sinners. We were born away from God and we could not please God for all of sin and fall short of the glory of God and are justified by his grace as a gift through the redemption of Jesus Christ. Again, why we celebrate this Christmas season, Christ coming, Christ living, Christ dying so that we could be regenerated. Regeneration comes to those who repent of sin, turn to God and put their faith in the Lord Jesus Christ alone for salvation. If you confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. For with your heart, one believes and is justified. And with the mouth one confesses and is saved. Regeneration involves a transition from an old life of sin to a new life of loving obedience to Jesus Christ. And again, that's that ability to walk in righteousness. And guys, we should desire to walk in righteousness. John 1.12 says, But to all who did receive him, who believed in his name, he gave the right to become children of God and we should desire that in all the things of God and walk in these things. Point 2 here today, Jesus the breath of life. We see in this illustration and that or in the scripture Jesus gives us an illustration about how that we receive Jesus. How did, that we are regenerated. Today if you've never accepted Jesus Christ, this is what Moses or excuse me, uh, uh, Jesus told Nicodemus and John three fourteen. And as Moses lifted up the snake in the wilderness, so must the son of man be lifted up. That's how we're regenerated today. That's how we're saved. That when we recognize who Jesus is and lift him up and say, Jesus, I want you to be the Lord of my life. I want you to walk in my life. I want you above all other things. Today, I want to take you back to Numbers 21.4, and I want to read it to you because Israel had got it to the point that, that they had heard the things of God, they had gotten the man, they had been delivered, they had been the Red Sea, they had been doing all these things in the Lord. And it says here in 21.4, and this is the passage that Jesus referred to. From the Mount of Or, they set out by the way of the Red Sea to go around the land of Edom. And the people became impatient on the way. And the people spoke against God and against Moses. Why have you brought us up out of Egypt? And Egypt represents sin in the world. Brought us up out of to die in the wilderness. For there is no food and no water and we loathe, in other words, dislike, disgust is what loathe means. It means dislike, disgust, this worthless food. Then the Lord sent fiery, in other words, aggressive serpents among the people. And they bit the people so that many people of Israel died. And the people came to Moses and said, We have sinned, for we have spoken against the Lord and against you. Pray to the Lord that he takes away the serpents from us. So Moses prayed for the people. And the Lord said to Moses, Make a fiery serpent and set it on a pole. And everyone who is bitten... When he sees it, shall live. So Moses made a bronze serpent and set it on a pole. And if a serpent bit anyone, he would look at the bronze serpent and live. And that's what Jesus compared salvation to. In other words, we're in a state of complaining and disgust and dislike. And we're complaining and we're bickering and we hate this world, hate this life. And and maybe you're crying out to God, maybe you're not. But these snakes have of just come in and begin to bite us and that's what sin will do sin will come in and it's aggressive and it begins to bite at us and it begins to bite us all over the place and it becomes sickness and eventually death to us spiritually if we're not careful and again we're talking about those that that are outside of salvation but but the Lord keeps putting on my heart today, many of us here today, you know, we may be saved and we may be walking in righteousness, but we allow sin to bite at us. We allow sin to grab a hold, snakes to grab a hold of our ankles. And, and we're walking around with all these snakes grabbing up hold of our ankles when they need to be under our feet. They need to be under our feet. We need to shake them off and and, and kick them under our feet. But we get so many times like Israel that, that we don't like the way the world's going and we don't realize we put ourselves in the place we're in and we begin to bicker and dislike and complain to the Lord and that makes us even sicker spiritually. And could even take us to the point to where it causes death. And so as I'm preaching here today, I'm seeing two different things here that this that, that, that story could be talking about. Talking about those that are totally lost and need salvation and they need to look to Jesus. But maybe some believers here today are allowing this life to whip their tail and we need to look to Jesus. And we need to press into Jesus and continue walking in that place of salvation. Guys, Jesus is the breath of life. Another connection that we see in the scripture that, that we need to recognize that, that when Jesus regenerated us, he breathed life into us. We have the victory. We are overcomers. Nothing. These snakes that grab our ankles and come at us, they're under our feet in Jesus' name. You can go back to Genesis 3.15 when, when Israel sinned, and, and, or actually uh, Adam and Eve had sinned. And and, and, the, and the Lord came in and put on his judgment, if you will, for their sin. The very first thing he did was show his love. And talked about the story of the man that, that would come and die for you. But he talked about the snake that would bite at his ankles. In other words, Satan is under his feet. That's all through the Bible. But Jesus brought life. Jesus brought the things that we need to get by this. No, 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 no. Not to get by, but to live victorious. Right. I think what, that's what the Lord's trying to tell me. So many of us are trying to get by when we need to be walking in the joy of the Lord. We need to be walking in the, the peace of God because it was provided at salvation. Did you guys get that definition? Reborn and restored to a better, higher, a holy state of righteousness. Wow, but Jesus, he breathed life into us at salvation. And we see in Genesis 2, 7, that when God formed man out of the dust of the ground and breathed into his nostrils, the breath of life, man became a living being. And that same word breath there is the same word that will be used for Jesus bringing new breath to us. And I'll get here to in a little bit. But here man was born and God breathed into him. And then we know the story. Sin come in and separated him from God and sucked the life out of him, if you will. Sin will suck the life out of us and it'll cause sickness and death. And that's why Jesus come along. And we see in Ezekiel 37, 9, when Ezekiel prophesied the dry bones will come to life. He was prophesying about Jesus that, that he will speak to, to people and they will come to life. And that spirit that God breathed into them when they confess Jesus will come to life again. And he'll move mightily in them. And, and this is scripture in, in Ezekiel 37, 9. Man, I'm so out of practice. I'm giving everybody a shower in front of me, believe me. But then he said to me, prophesy the breath. Same word as in Genesis 2, 7 breath prophesy son of man and say to the breath thus saith the lord god come from the four winds oh breathe and breathe on these slain that they may live man he was prophesying about this about jesus birth the gift of salvation the gift of regeneration that we can be reborn and restored to a better and higher place into a holy state of righteousness. And we see in John 20, 22, when Jesus breathed life into his disciple, the same word was used there in the Greek that was used for breath in John 20, Ezekiel 37, 9, and Genesis 2, 7. And when Jesus had said this, he breathed on them and said to them, receive the Holy Spirit. You see, before Jesus' death and resurrection, the disciples were operating under the old covenant. Then Jesus died and was raised from the grave and was walking the earth. And he came to them in John 20, and he breathed new life into them. He breathed in the new covenant to them. And the prophecies were fulfilled. We should be excited about this today. Because that new life can reside in the believer. That new life resides in the believer. If you're here today and you don't know Jesus Christ, your Lord and Savior, you can accept him and that life will come alive in you. Jesus will breathe that life into you by his Holy Spirit and you'll be refreshed and renewed. I can never forget the times that that I received Jesus with my dad. It it was like a load that was taken off, like a load that, that, that was lifted from me. And he led me to Christ in that motel room and it changed my life forever. I believe I received the calling of God not too long after that. But as like many of us do, we begin to, to dance with the world a little bit. And I began to dance with the world a little bit and began to dislike the things of God a little bit and like the things of the world a little bit. And I began to press into them a little bit more and snakes began to bite my ankles Instead of getting them under my feet, uh, I kept walking and letting them drag me to the point where I started getting a little bit sick spiritually. I started getting a little bit weak spiritually. And I kept walking away from the Lord further and further until I went to a revival. And they reminded me of the breath of life that was in me. And I gave one up and said, Lord, forgive me and I give you my life completely. Breathe new and afresh in me. And I can remember driving down 160, right when I passed Joel Berry's house, I could feel such freedom in the Lord. Such freedom because his breath was in me. And I was allowing to, to move, move at full capacity. We need to allow the Lord to move us at full capacity. Give it up. all. Oh, stop resisting. Jesus, help, help give it up to him. A snake in the high places, point three. Walking in the holy state of righteousness. This bronze snake that Jesus referred to in John chapter three that we read about in Numbers 21. This bronze snake that Jesus used to come in and and, and heal the body, if you will, to be a prophecy of the coming Lord. Israel began to worship. They began to worship the snake, the bronze snake, instead of the Lord. They began to go into high places and worship this high snake, or this bronze snake. High places, and again, there's so much meat here today, but before the temple was built, high places where Israel often worshiped the Lord the Lord God of Israel, and I can talk about places that high places and points were set up throughout their walk with him. As times went on, Israel used the high places though to do pagan worship along with God, the God of Israel. After the temple was built, Israel was to worship in the temple. But we see that that Israel sometimes would go to the high places and worship pagan gods. And we see that even Solomon himself would go into the, the worship in the temple and then he would go into the high places and worship the Egyptian gods, the pagan gods, with one of his wives. And so we see this throughout the Bible. And, and, and again, there's only a period of time that the high places were completely removed from Israel. And, and during those times is when Israel was the most prosperous. But we see King Hezekiah comes on the scene, and he he pressed in the God and he got on fire for the Lord and, and he destroyed all the pagan gods and the high places. And 2 Kings 18:4 tells you about everything I've just spoken about. He, King Hezekiah, removed the high places and broke down the pillars and cut down the asherah, and he broke into pieces the bronze serpent that Moses. Had made for until those days the people of Israel had made offerings to it. So here we have a thing that was of God, and seven or eight hundred years later, Israel began to worship that instead of the true God. The reason I bring that up today is what I keep alluding to today is God made it possible through regeneration for the believer to walk into the holy state of righteousness. God desires that we all walk in that holy state of righteousness. We, the believers, should desire it and want to press into that holy state of righteousness. But like Israel, believers can allow snakes in the high places. They can worship God on Sunday and worship the snakes on Monday. A big reason why this world, our children, are so confused with God is because of the inconsistencies in the righteousness of the church and believers. I'm trying to decide how much to say, but I worked with a, a kid the other day that was in their pushing 30. And I was trying to convince them why they should continue on the things of the Lord. And they go, why? Why? When this man of God's a drunk and this man of God is tied up into porn, took me back. They called him by name. It, it really took me back. And I had to say, we don't look at man, but we look at Jesus. And I had to, but, but it shook me. It shook me. But we confuse our children when we say one thing and do another. We must guard against snakes slithering into our high places. And we must remove the high places from our life. Guard the order that I always talk about it. And, and Satan attacks me when I bring this up because you hear it over and over and over. But we need to hear it. I need to hear it. But God needs to be number one. God the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. We got to fight to protect that. Our spouse's spouse has to be number two in my case. My wife Karen. She's got to be number two in my life. Then my children, then my church, then my country, and this is the order that I live by, then my job, hobbies, and others. When this is out of order, we are out of order, and we're not as strong spiritually as we can be. We even see this, that, that we really believe this order. I don't have to get up here and convince you. If you would just look at this stage, you would see the order. The order is that Jesus, the cross, God, the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit is at the center. And you get to them, if you read that, raise that, uh, you don't, don't do it. But if you raise the deal there, the baptism is in the middle. That's our path to God regeneration to God. And we're down here. And when we see the Lord and we accept him and we receive him and water baptized he's number 1 in our life. Our family and our spouses are beside us, number 2. But the thing the points I'm making that the church the other things are to the side. We're not worshiping Advent. This isn't a God. This isn't, doesn't save us. Jesus saves us. Advent reminds us that Jesus saves us. The church, the flag is over here. It's to the side. And it's very important. But Jesus is at the center The things of God are at the center. My family and my children are here and the church is to the side. And it's valuable. But the, the church and membership doesn't save you. Jesus does. And then you have the American flag over here. It's not in the center. It's to the side. And when we start looking to our nation... Praise God for our nation. Instead of God, we're going to struggle. Do I got to tiptoe all around the flag today? If you burn that flag, if I went over and burned that flag, you guys would tar and feather me. In a heartbeat. If I started, you guys remember the service that I was trying to prove a point, and I just started and I said I pledge allegiance to the flag. You guys automatically stood up, looked at the flag, and put your arms across your chest. I didn't have to tell you. You respected it, and you did it. We honor the soldiers. Praise God for the soldiers. I'm not making light of these things. But do we treat the cross the same? Do we come to attention when you hear Jesus' name? You know, guys, I can hear a lot of cussing. I worked construction for years, and my wife gets mad at me that, that, that I don't hear the cuss words like I should. But the only cuss words I really hear is when they say, God's name in vain, or they say, well, Jesus. I come to attention. I hear them. But, but do we honor Jesus as much as we do that flag? Do we honor our relationship with a mord as much as we do this flag? The church. Can we not have church anymore if we don't have Advent? You guys know that the, the Spanish look at Advent, they don't like it. I shouldn't speak for all Spanish, but it's Catholic to them. And they don't understand it, but they honor me because they know my heart. They don't want that to be in front of God. But what's your order like today? You know, everything else is off the stage. You know, our jobs isn't up here. Our hobbies aren't up here. The things we like to do aren't up here, but so many times they are in front of this. You guys built this stage. I didn't. I didn't put the, this stuff up there like that. So you agree with the order that God's number one, the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit in our lives, that our family and our, and our church and then our country is after that. We all love our children, don't we? We all love our church. We all love our country. So I'm not dishing our country. I'm just saying, do we love God the same way? And if we don't, we're out of order. Think about Israel, and I'm really chasing rabbits today, but but think about the the new believers in Acts chapter 2. They went against their flag because of salvation. They were Jews, they were Israelites, and they they went against what was being preached. They were outcasts. When our country's out of order, we need to look to him and help get our country back in order. But what's our order like today? We need to daily examine our lies, excuse me, for snakes in the high places. Again, you will struggle with your faith when other things are higher in your life. So the last statement I'll make today and in closing, regeneration is renewal. Regeneration restores us to a better, higher place, a holy state of righteousness. It's a gift that we remember here during the Christmas season. And it's Jesus. It's the Trinity God the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. For God so loved the world that he gave his only Son that whoever believes in him should not perish but have eternal life. Eternal life starts at salvation. Eternal life started when we picked Jesus as Lord and are regenerated and restored to a better, higher place into a holy state of righteousness. And we can taste this heaven on earth, if you will. When I got back and listening to Joel and Jim and the staff, oh man, there's been a move of God here. Oh, there's been a move of God there. Oh man, this is so awesome, Kent. They were excited to tell me the things of God, the heaven on earth that was going on. We should be excited about that. In return, I got the tile them that, that I never get to go to the Spanish service. So I went to the Spanish service the two weeks I was gone. And I went to the first week, and I couldn't understand. So I thought, this is crazy. And so I had an interpreter come for the second service the next week. And I got to hear uh, Pastor Embar for the first time preaching Spanish, interpreting into English. And it, it was totally anointed. Oh, it was powerful. Uh, there was a move of God in that service that was unbelievable. And and, and, and the, the interpreter we hired is just unbelievable. And this move of God was going on. And when they get off microphone, you can't hear them through the headset. And and she came up and stood by me. But a man got up there and, and confessed in front of the body that, that I'm a believer and I love God. And, and I'm pressing in. I'm holding on. But, but I'm about to let go. And I need help. We do. We had a move of God because he was big enough to say that. And he came to the church and he said, I'm not down, but, but I need help to stay up. And we began to pray and I, I went up and hugged him and the spirit moved. And, and a guy, another guy came up and gave a prophecy over him. And again, as she was interpreting to me, it's just Powerful. Another lady came up and, and, and talked about anxiety. Another other lady came up and needed delivered from anxiety. anxiety the snake of anxiety had grabbed a hold of her ankle. And they were getting into his anxiety attacks, if you will. And they came before the body and we had to move the Holy Spirit because we prayed and the place was Shaken. She goes, I don't want to trust in the peels. I don't want to trust in the world. I don't want to trust in them. I want to trust in God, one of them said. Move of God. Move of God. Another girl come up and yeah, she came in through the, I'm sure through the Mexican border. That's politically I don't like and a lot of us don't like, but this girl came in through there and she is connected to her family hadn't seen her in years that's the good side of this i couldn't understand her but she wanted me to pray for her. didn't even know her only seen her twice she wanted me to pray for her and, and what does she want prayer for but but her sister that was still in guatemala that her legs don't work and it's causing big problems and we pray for healing over that girl Move of God upon her life. And that's what me and Joe began to talk about. We experience moves of God when we come to these altars and ask for his help. Or we come to these altars and say, God, I want more of you. And are refreshed and renewed in the things of God. But so many times we walk around defeated, dragging all these snakes that are hung under our ankles. That we need to shake off and get under our feet. Because we don't want anybody to think that we're not who we are or who we think we are. I'm in the game long enough, guys. I know I can't do it without Jesus, and I know I've got a lot of things to work on. But in Jesus, I walk in victory. I walk in joy. I walk in peace. Regeneration is revival. We had salvations too. We've had salvations here. But that is revival. I hear I want revival all the time. Oh, Pastor, we, need, we, we are in revival, guys. Uh, the Holy Spirit's in revival all the time. We just need to link up with the Holy Spirit. But praise team, so many times as they're coming forward that we can be like Nicodemus and hear the word. And argue you guys can argue with me all day if you want, you can Jesus said to him, you know, I spoke a lot of word to you today. Can you believe? But Jesus also said and and I heard Jim and Joe talk on this. one of us is going to preach on it someday in Hebrews chapter five at the end into six one of Hebrews, when it talks about. You should be off the spiritual milk and onto the meat. Jesus answered, You're the teacher of Israel, and yet you do not understand these things. The believers, when you receive Christ, that Holy Spirit comes into you. And then I believe that you need to be baptized in the Holy Spirit. In other words, Holy Spirit for regeneration, for salvation. The Holy Spirit, baptism of the Holy Spirit to, to just go out in power, if you will. And that Holy Spirit is going to teach us all things and remind us of all things. So I don't care how old you are in the faith or, or how young you are in the faith, that when you press into God, He is going to teach you all things. He's going to minister to your situation. And really, you don't need me. And really, you don't need anybody but the Lord. But the Lord says to us that when two or more come together in my name, I'm with him and there's somebody sick, the elders should lay their hands on them and, and they'll be healed. And so there's power in the body. That's why we come to worship. That's why we do the things we do. We need each other. But today... We need to look at our lives today. If you're here today and you haven't accepted Jesus Christ your Lord and Savior, today's the day. But if you're here today and you're just you're maybe struggling a little bit, all those people I talked to you guys about the other day, they weren't sinners. They were they were Christians, they were believers. They they felt a sin on occasion, but God delivered them of their sin. And I'll preach that some other day. But the Lord's telling me to say this. Another one came up down there. Be honest with you, one came here three weeks ago from you guys. And they're in the house today, and they gave me permission to share this. But I'm not going to share their name. At the harvest dinner, they came and repented to Pastor Mbar and me about being prejudiced towards the Spanish and to be upset with them and being hateful towards them. Believers, same thing happened at Carthage. Spanish, English, got to work together. And I thought, boy, that service was worth it all just for that. But there's a lot of other good things that happen with people giving their lives a little more to God. Salvations. I can talk all day. Stand to your feet. I want you just to examine yourselves today. Examine yourselves today. Guys, I have been and I always do. And sometimes I don't like what I see. Sometimes I deal with it quickly, and sometimes it takes some time. Time, but we need to give in to the Lord completely, and that's the altar call today. And I challenge you to be bold and come up and pray for some of these things, because that's when the Lord can really move on your life when you submit and say, "Lord, I recognize this. I'm sorry, and I want to walk."